What's going on, y'all? Welcome to another edition of the Secret to Success podcast. We appreciate y'all joining us. CJ, as always, joined by my, my beautiful, wonderful co-host, doctor, brother, pastor, CEO, mm. and, and entrepreneur. Pro-nur. Eric Thomas. Oh, that's a lot of e. titles, see. E.T. the hip-hop preacher. Hey, man, you got a lot done this year, man. <laughs> Lord, it's a, it's a lot to, to, to go on, man. So anyway, we're back for or an, another edition, man. I, I just want to get right into, man, how was your Christmas? How, was, how, how did it go out there in sunny San Diego? Um, you know, man, you know, this is something that we do every year. Uh, and so I think the biggest gift you know, uh, is just being with my family, man. You know, I, I work hard throughout the course of the year. My wife would say, you know, and I'm sure my daughter and son would probably agree, you know, but, but as a company, man, we give ourselves away, you know, quite a bit. And, and so just to be able to just be with my family uh, is unbelievable. And I, and I don't do Christmas, you know, in the way people traditionally do it, you know, see, uh, as an individual and as a group, we try to give all year long. Mm -hmm. You know, we try to make sure that, you know, we're, we're gift giving throughout the year because people need and they don't just need December 25th. Uh, so we give a lot, man. And so my wife, my son, my daughter, you know, we like to come aside as a family and just be able to chill. So that was the greatest gift, uh, just being able to chill with them. Of course, my son wasn't with us. You know, most of you know he's a junior at Michigan State and is a general manager on the team. So uh, the team had a, a schedule during uh, Christmas and New Year. So he wasn't able to travel with us. But man, just had a lot of fun catching up with some of my West Coast friends and family. Uh, so yeah, man, had a lot, a lot of fun resting, relaxing, laughing, going out to eat. And I must be honest, you know, it was a lot of cheating. It wasn't a cheat day. It was a cheat week, <laughs> right, you know. Right. Uh, but you know, for real, man, there's a time and season for all. Yeah. You know, and I can work out and eat a certain way throughout the course of the year. My thing is, if you haven't been eating right all year, then maybe you, you can't take a yeah, cheap you don't week. Need to cheat. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. you know what I'm saying? I've been grinding, man, handling my business. Yeah, so it's course. good to just to chill out with the fam and not put that kind of stress on them. Yeah, no doubt, man. And and I wanna personally thank you. You you and, and your son Jalen left me a gift that I was uh so honored to receive, y'all. They bought me a uh, or they got me a uh, signed an autographed Tom Izzo Final Four chair from the Final Four game last year, 2015 Final Four chair with Tom's signature on the side, man. And let me tell you, that's going to be a, a nice addition to the man cave. No doubt. Which isn't quite a man cave, as, as I've come to discover. You know, we had the basement was unfinished for a while, and we got it finished, and it was supposed to be the man cave. But some kind of way, Carl, I'm looking around. I got trade toys all over the place. My wife got her hair and nail stuff set up down there. So the, the man cave has slowly but surely turned into a family cave. Yeah, but it's um, still manly, though. I, well, I don't know. It smells <laughs> like perfume down there. It's yours when you're not using it. <laughs> right, right, right. Absolutely. So, you know, I, I still get to enjoy it, but I'm definitely looking forward to uh, setting the chair up down there in the man cave. So I appreciate that, man. And you know, thanks, man. For me, I guess it was cool. E, I was, you know, of course, uh, up here in Michigan with the family. Absolutely. You know, I, I'm from Michigan, so man, when I come back, it's a lot of demands on my time, just in terms of family. And yeah. oh, you didn't come see me, and you know, sometimes it's easier for me to work 
Yeah, you when know, you're at home. When, I'm, when I'm home in Atlanta, in Atlanta but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's tough here. But, you know, it was great, man. We uh at mom and dad's house and just kind of hung out, bought my son way too many toys. Um, and I don't know if anybody else is out there who remembers when they had a two-year-old or they have a two-year-old or, or babies. <laughs> yes, you sir. You spend all this time and energy buying gifts, and they end up playing with the wrapping paper. The box. The box. <laughs> right, little man ain't saw the toys. Now I'm looking like, how are we getting all these toys back on the plane? You know, Delta got a strict 50-pound limit. Well, uh, no limit if you're willing to pay the big bucks. No, no, no limit if you, you, because you got the diamond status. Some of us are still on silver medallion and, and, and below. So he, let me tell you something, y'all. If, if y'all see E in the airport, just know he ain't paid for nary a bag. This dude is diamond status. Carl, my line, we go to the counter. 14 bags. They letting E get 15 bags. We, if you see us with like a thousand boxes of books and we taking them ourselves instead of shipping them, it's because E gets like 27 boxes free just on the strength of being like a triple diamond medallion. No, they love of, me. Yeah, no, they, they love do. me. They do, man. So, no, it, so it was good. E, I, I was definitely, you know, grateful the Christmas season was here. And now, you know, of course, looking forward to the new year. I'm not sure um, if we talked about it much last uh, podcast, but, you know, what, what's your, you got a New Year's resolution this year? Are you into resolutions? Are you doing any? What's, what, what's well, up? Well, you, you know, a lot of people try to, you know, speak negatively about resolutions. I don't do resolutions. I don't, you know, man, whatever works for people. You, you know, if you, I don't do New Year's. I do them all year. I mean, uh, somatics, we're not going to get into all of that. But I do definitely have, uh, some things that I feel like are must be done, must be accomplished, you know, in 2016. And one of the major pieces is my health. Mm-hmm. I felt like I had a phenomenal year. And thanks to CJ, for those of you who know C, lost, you know, anywhere from 60 to 70-some pounds, you know. And so just, just it's so much easier. And this is a little lesson to get things done when you have an accountability partner, guys. Mm-hmm. A lot of y'all out there, let's not even talk about New Year's resolutions. Let's talk about the fact that accountability is so underrated. An accountability partner is so underrated, you know, and you gotta, you have to understand that when you have people in your life who have dreams, who have goals, who going at them, who passionate, it just makes it that much easier for you to get them done. So I'm not going to lie and say I was on C's level, you know, because I wasn't. I probably was about 75, 80% where C was. But I will tell you this. I've worked out more this year than I've ever run. I put in more miles. Australia. Remember you know, how, how Australia, hard we went man, in Australia? We hard. I was wearing E out in Australia, Ooh, y'all. Two a day. We days. was doing two a days, man. And we would get up in the morning, first thing in the morning, and hit it hard. And we would go speak, man, travel, sign some autographs, you know, some books, sell yeah. some books, and uh, get back to the hotel. And, I'd be like, let's get at it again. But to E's credit, man, he popped up every time and we went in that joint. I, although one day, I do remember we went in there and all the machines was taking up. Oh, yeah. And I was like, E, go on and get on. He was like, see, no, I insist. I insist. I insist. <laughs> you know you what I'm go. saying? I, I got to look out. And so I think you might have missed one, one workout on the tour days. But no, you're right. You know, you talk about resolutions. And for me, when I started, you know, to really get into this, you know, healthy lifestyle, you know, more so than I was and really taking it serious. 
it, uh, it was when my son was born, yeah. you know, and I talk about that. Trey was born, you know, January 4th, 2014. And here we are getting ready to roll up on the two year anniversary. And so people see me and they're like, man, you look great. You lost the weight. You know, you, wow, how'd you do it? And they're expecting me to come with like this yeah. crazy, yeah. you know, I did P90X for 30 days straight and then I drank nothing but kale and spinach for, you know, I didn't do that. You know, I, I look at him and I tell him two years. You know two what I'm saying? Years. That's all I say. Carl, I'm not playing. I say two years two because years. that's how long I've been, you know, really committed to making sure I'm exercising, lifting weights, eating right. And I was one of those people, you guys, who, you know, I, I was I was a football player, so I was used to being big and used to being overweight and lifting weights and being huge. And, you know, I kind of got comfortable in that routine. And then, you know, when I had my son, I was like, man, you know, all this weight is not good for me. It's not good for my back, my joints, my ligaments, let alone, you know, just my overall health yeah. and my heart and things of yeah. that nature. And so I really got serious about it. And, um, you know, I was one of those people who I always liked to work out. You know, I never had a problem going to the gym, but I'll be real. It was that diet. Yeah. You had my pops dressing. You yeah. just had some the other day. You, yeah. you had the dressing. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I, I come from a family of eaters. Yeah. You know, eating Cook, is an event. A cooker sport. eater. Of course. Because a lot of people eat, see? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But they don't have no, you know, they don't have a person that can cook. Right. So when you have a cooker and an eater, oh, it's perfect a, a combination. It's a match made in heaven. And so, you know, I, I, shout out to my, my, my personal trainer, Reggie, um, who got on me and was like, man, it's more about your diet than anything. He said, yeah. you can work out till you blue in the yeah. face. I don't care if bro. you go. 80 yeah, 20. saying, I don't care if you go to the gym every day. Because I told him, man, I'm going to the gym. I'm actually doing some cardio now. I'm running. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And I'm not seeing any, you know, uh, results. And Reg was like, bro, you got to change that diet. I'm trying to tell you right now, you can work out as hard as you want. You will never out-exercise a bad diet. And when he said that to me, it really stuck with me. And then when Trey was born, I was like, all right, cool, we got to do this. So when people see me and they want to know what the magic formula was, it's, it's a little thing I like to call consistency. You know, and I had tried it before, times past, you know, a couple times here and there, but never got fully consistent and changed it into a lifestyle as opposed to a diet, yeah. you know. And so that really helped me out. So, nah, so for you, though, any, any, any other New Year's resolutions? You got the health thing. Anything else you want to you want to do in twenty sixteen? Yeah, this is the year. I uh, see for TGIM. Mm -hmm. Thank God I'm married. You know, this mm. is the year. Been married over twenty five years now. Congrats. Um, and I just think, you know, it's time. You know, I've been doing a lot, and I'm the guy that believes in doing what you do and doing it well. Like I'm not the guy that believes you need to be sweet at three or four things in order to live your dreams, live the life that you dream of. I just believe you need to have one skill set that you are phenomenal in and the sky is not the limit, you know. Uh, but I just feel like this is the year for, for the marriage. This is the year to give people the insight, the information, the secrets to success because it seems that so many marriages are failing. And we're not talking about divorce. We're talking about people who are in marriage, who are settled you know, who are not experiencing marital bliss, you know, and I think we got to get back to that. I think we have to get back to where people want to come home after work. You know, people don't want to uh, go work out for five, six hours because they're ready to get back home, you know, uh, where people want to go out to eat together, want to go to the movies, want to be around each other. So this is the year C. Uh, of course, there are a couple personal things, but as it relates to my mission, my vision and what I'm placed here on earth to do, uh, I believe that we're going to start doing conferences and boot camps, you know, in addition to what we're already doing, 
on marriage. So I would really like in 2016, December 30, 31st, to have a catalog of people or couples who are saying, I was about to get a divorce or my marriage, I was, we were good, but we weren't, we, we weren't ecstatic and now we're ecstatic. I, I want to see thousands of those emails coming in by, the, uh, by this time next year. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and I guess we haven't really put it out there, but I guess we could probably break, break the news now. We're actually writing the marriage book, um, and it's called I Do, Now What Do I Do? And what E and I kind of decided was that we would co-author this book, and what I would do was take the, uh, the dating phase, up to you know finding a spouse into about what e six to ten years yeah. and that e would kind of take that long range term you know obviously with him having 25 years you know he can kind of give that perspective on you know how to keep the marriage rolling and you know so i kind of gave that perspective of how to get this thing started yeah, how to get and how to create rolling, a healthy yeah. balance and get into that thing and e kind of took over so you'll kind of see um you know a different unique perspective on that so be looking for that book to come out soon in, in 2016. And also, you know, the conferences and things of that nature that he mentioned are going to be huge. Also, for those of you who don't follow us on social media, which you should be following us on so social media. No, I don't have my own yet. People always ask me at the conferences and everywhere else. Hey, see, what's your Instagram? Uh, E.T. the Hip Hop Preacher. Right. If you need to reach me, reach me on there. Oh, e God. and I'll be on there. Um, Eric Thomas BTC on Twitter. But you should be following us on there. But. If you didn't hear, uh, January 4th is going to be a huge day for us. Um, huge. Yeah, we're, we're actually uh, excited to announce that we'll be on the Steve Harvey show. Huge. Yeah, yeah. So uh, while we're here, why don't you walk us through that experience? You taped it in Chicago. We taped it uh, a couple weeks ago. It airs January 4th, but we taped it a couple weeks ago. It was on kind of the same thing we kind of been talking about, New Year's resolutions and commitment and staying committed and stuff like that. Tell the people how the our, our first, I think this is our first real TV experience. Of course, we did some things with ESPN and I think NBC and, you know, some other things, kind of voiceover work and maybe a, a clip of E here and there. But our first actual, like, talk show, daytime sit-down type thing, um, we actually did that. So tell the people how uh, the Steve Harvey taping went and, and what they can look forward to seeing on January 4th. Of course, you don't want to do any spoilers, but yeah, yeah, no, um, no, no, no. And and and, and, and I, let me just say this: uh, just just be encouraged. You know, there's so many of you out here who are. You know, you're just discouraged because you're putting in a lot of work, and you're not seeing what you think you should see. You're not getting the results, and we probably will have to talk about this one every single time. I'm just gonna be honest, see, because it seems like every week somebody calling on the discouraged boy. I've been doing this professionally since 1992. We just did a syndicated show. Right, 1992 right. I started. So don't get discouraged. You're out there. That's 20-something years, guys, I've been doing this. This is the first time I've really been on a major, you know, morning show, uh, TV show, whatever. This is the first time. So do not get discouraged, right? And it's funny, I just got to say this, because I was talking to a gentleman the other day uh, on our um, Breathe View, his name is Patrick, and he was talking about how we have to be patient. And I was like, I don't know if that's the term you want to use. And he was like, E, what you mean by that? Like, you telling us that we don't have to be patient? And I was like, no, you don't have to be patient. When a house takes 12 months to be built 
and it's built in 12 months. That don't require patience. Right, That's right. not patience, right? And so I just wanted to read the definition to you guys because this is a big piece for me. This is, this is critical. It says patience. This is how they define patience in the Webster's Dictionary. The capacity to accept or tolerate delay. You, 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 so, so you get what I'm saying? So, so it's not, if a house takes 12 months to be built, you don't need patience for that. If a, uh, a degree takes four years to get, you don't need patience for that. And even me, it took me 12 years to get a four-year degree. You really don't need patience. Why? There, it, while you might look at it as a delay because it took me longer than four years, it didn't take longer than four years because I was in every, every week. I wasn't in every semester. You know what I'm saying? It took that amount of time because it took that long for me to finally get it, you know, to finally understand what school is about, to finally get serious about it. So you have to be careful with all of this, you know, patience stuff. Patience if, is if a cake is supposed to take two hours to bake, realistically, and you open the oven up six hours later and it's not ready. Like, you need patience because it's taking longer than what's supposed to take. Oven broke. All right, so broke with the, with the oven. oven. You know what I'm saying? So you, you, you got to hear what I'm telling you guys. If it's supposed to take you five years to do something, and you're pissed because you did it for eight months and you don't see any results, that's not patience, right? That's, that, that is unrealistic expectations. You're expecting something right, that but takes, don't you think we live in an era of instant gratification? We do, but that's right. their fault. It's not, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, they have unrealistic expectations of how long the process takes. Hmm, grandma's cooking. <laughs> Come on now, see, I forgot yeah, about I, that. Yeah, y'all better listen to the album. <laughs> Go back to the album, Dr. Thomas. But I'm, so, so for me, when I got on the Steve Harvey show, it wasn't, why did this take so long? It was, this is the perfect time. The perfect time. This is the perfect timing. I'm ready now, guys. We've done seven years of TGIM on YouTube, in the basement, across the world, internationally, guys, national, backyard, you know, major stadiums. Uh, you see this with the Pistons, Oregon, Michigan State State. Like, it, we ready. We ready. All right, so I just want to encourage you guys, and then watch this. I just believe that when you do what you're supposed to do, everything is going to work out. Why is it in Chicago? And for those of you who really, really know me, you know I'm originally from Chicago, not Detroit. And all my family's in Chicago. We split between, it's about 70, 60, 40. 60 Chicago, 40, you know, here. But moms grew up there, et cetera, all my aunts, uncles. So when we, when we did it on the set of Steve Harvey, perfection, perfection. Grandma was there. Auntie was there. Cousins there. I mean, it, everything, the, the stage was set. It's home. It was a two-hour and 30, 40-minute drive from my house to the studio. I mean, everything was in order. You know, so uh, Steve Harvey, you guys got to check it out. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful, you know, of all the people, you know, who thought to have us on the show. Steve was the first one to say, yo, E.T. is an expert at motivation. He, he, who better to start the year off? you know, and to speak on it. So it was perfection, man. Everything worked out. And you so know, I just want to encourage what, you guys. You, you know what Stay I was patient. thinking? You know what I was thinking about when we were at the Crenshaw Mall? About to ask that. Just to take us back to the first oh, yeah. time. So you met Steve right. Harvey how many oh, yeah. years ago now? Right. This yeah, was, met, what what yeah. year was that, Carl? 2000, man. I'll say six, seven, 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 six, seven. Six, seven. Yeah. 2006 Maybe or seven. seven yeah. We were at the Crenshaw Mall and we were yeah. doing our conference, Break the Cycle. For those of you who've seen the video on YouTube, go look it up. Um, we were at the Crenshaw Mall with Steve Harvey, and they actually interviewed E for like 
maybe five minutes. Yeah. They let us come on and talk about the conference. We did a conference, a free conference out there for the youth. And Steve was nice enough then to let us come on the morning show and talk yeah. about it. And at that time, he didn't have any clue who we were, right? We were just, you know, some young guns out there, you know, trying to make it happen for the, for the shorties. And Steve was nice enough to let us come on. And I remember being on there and that being our biggest moment. Uh, we worked ever. to get to that moment. Ever. Right? And we had the team out there with us. Everybody was standing behind the stage. It was a live remote broadcast. And I just remember being so excited about it. And just the fact that we were in Steve's presence, Ice Cube was there. You know, and so what he's talking about in terms of trusting the process and not rushing the process and knowing that if you get up and really make it happen every single day, you know, that thing will happen for you. We didn't, we didn't trip on Steve, you know, inviting us to the show or anything. We just kept our head down and kept working. We never said, oh, man, Steve should have called us by now. We just kept working until he did. And finally, my man Gerald reached out and was like, man, we got to have y'all on the show. You know, we're doing, you know, something special for the new year. And who better to have on but E.T.? Yeah, so, yeah, so it was a great experience overall, man. Steve was cool whole night, huh? Yeah, I mean, it was, um, yeah, Steve said some things to me. In, in private, you know, just about, you know, our ministry and what it's meant to him, which was huge. Uh, I believe, you know, when you watch the show, uh, there was a synergy, you know, between the two of us that was phenomenal. And just to have somebody that, you know, we talk about accountability again, somebody that we can call who's in the industry and learn from, you know, I believe, and I, you know, and I'm not a prophet, so I can't um, speak you know, and say for certain what will happen. But I believe that this will be a lane for us. You know, we went from YouTube. I believe that, you know, this is a lane for us that one day we'll have our own syndicated show and we'll be able to get to another platform. You talk about level C, and I don't know how many more levels it's gonna take for us to go from YouTube to uh, a major network, but I do feel like we're close to that. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. And I think, you know, that's, the crazy part is that's never been a huge goal that we set Absolutely. out. You know, we, we set out, obviously, to inspire as many people as we possibly could. And, you know, this is, you know, the things that come as a result of that, the TV, Steve Harvey and all that, it's just a byproduct of that. And, I mean, Carl can attest to the fact that, like, this was like a dream for real, for real. Like we, when, when he was selling us the vision and I talk about, Absolutely. you know, with my clients, a lot of Absolutely. times I'll talk to them about how you build your team. And it starts with a vision. You know, I, I tell everybody, East Currency to us when we started in this thing was his vision. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, he, he didn't have a, a, a huge check to give us. He didn't have a lot of money. He sold us on his vision. And he told us a long time ago, seven, eight, nine, ten years ago, that this is where we would be. We would be inspiring millions of people across the globe, that yeah. we would have a, a widely respect, a respected brand, that we could change people, that we could touch lives, that we could take people to the next level, that we could help people fight cancer and, and, and get their marriages back in line and get a better relationship back with their kids. And this is all the stuff that E not only predicted, but you know, hey, guaranteed would happen. He was smart though. He didn't give us a time frame. So we he did even... not give us Boom. a time frame. He never <laughs> no gave time us a time frame. frame. Hey, so we had to be patient. And, and matter of fact, I think there was times when, you know, Carl and I may have been having a rough day and like, man, I don't know. And E would always call and say, man, I, do you feel it, see? <laughs> I mean, it's there. right around the corner. I'm talking about it could happen. Hey, don't turn your phone off because I promise you. <laughs> it could happen now. Nah. And so he actually sold us 
on the vision. And for those of you young entrepreneurs out there, right? You got a dream, you, you want this thing to happen. You are not going to be able to, if you're starting from scratch, recruit high level talent with money, right? You're just not going to be able to do it if you're a small business. So what do you have to do? You have to make them stakeholders and have them believe that if they help you build this dream, that they'll be successful and that they'll be prosperous and that they'll go to the next level. I mean, you look at the, the, the top level of ETA, it's the people who were there first, right? And so if you can find some people who are willing to buy into your vision and say, hey, don't worry about the check right now. Like if you're gonna hire somebody and they like, look, I do web design and, and videography like Carl did, you know, or learned to do, and they say, you know, but I'm gonna need $10,000 a month. Well, chances are you're not gonna be able to pay that person to stick around. But if you can say, hey, here's what we're building, here's the product we have, here's how we're gonna go to the next level, if you can really convince that person of that and allow them to not only be a part of it, but to be a stakeholder, man, you'll be able to take yourself yeah, to a not, whole other level. And I level. just wanna say this too, not that entitled stuff. I'm, I'm coming across too many people that feel like people owe them something. You know, like just because you got 400 likes on YouTube or Instagram or whatever, Snapchat, whatever, it's like people feel like, well, I started this dream and I've been doing this and I've been putting in this work. Don't nobody owe you anything, you know, no one. So when we talk about finding those people who believe in the cause and allowing those people to become stakeholders with you and taking ownership with you, you know, that's different than you sitting back feeling like, man, I did six videos. I hit eight schools like somebody better sponsor me or somebody and then getting discouraged because people are not, you know, readily coming to you to help you to do what you're supposed to do. No, this is about not convincing in a manipulative way. This is about being so passionate about what you believe in. You know, you're so sold out on it. You, you, you are so gung-ho about it that it becomes infectious and people around you start saying, Yo, I, 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 want, I want that. I, I want to be a part of that. Not this, you owe me. You know, look at what I've done. Look at the work I put in. Nobody owe. I, I have to reiterate it. No one owes you anything. And if you can't find people to support you, you better start asking yourself the questions. What am I not doing right? What, what am I not conveying? You, you know, really think about that. Because if you're passionate about it and you gung-ho about it and you put 120 in, you, those, the right people are going to come into your sphere of influence, you know, and help you to take this thing to that next level. So I got to say that, and I have to say this. When I told the fellas, one day is going to be our day, I meant that from the bottom of my heart. Like, I wasn't being manipulative. I wasn't, you know, trying to uh, sell them some hoop dreams. Like, I meant it. But can I tell you this, guys? If you quit, no day will ever be your day. You know, if, if you let circumstances dictate your movements and you go with feelings over principle, no day is going to be your day. But the only way to lose is to quit. That's the only way to lose. The only way not to make your dreams become a reality is not to see it through. Hmm. But I guarantee you, if you get up every day and act as if you have it when you don't have it, be just as passionate when you don't have it as when you get it, I'm telling you, man, yeah, one and, day is going to be your and day. Stay right there, E, because I want, I want you to hit on that because one of my favorite tracks on, on the, one of the mixtapes is, you know, Principles Over Feelings. And I think, I was hoping when I put that on there, for those of you who heard that track, um, and this was from uh, the, the mixtape uh, 
before Greatness is Upon You, I believe, not uh, the Dr. Thomas album, but when I put the track on there, Principles Over Feelings, I really wanted people to understand that. And I think that was something even for myself that's so hard to do, mm-hmm. right? Because we're, as humans, we act out of feelings, right? Somebody cut you off in traffic. Like, I don't know what it is about traffic. Like, even the most mild-mannered people, when somebody cut you off, it's like they just slapped your mama. You know what I'm saying? Even the most mild-mannered people just go to blank off. And I, I wonder, when you talked about that, I wasn't just looking at it as getting up and grinding when you don't feel like it, da-da-da. I'm looking like, yo, the principles that you believe in life, how do we live in principle and not in feeling when you talk? Because I believe, for real, I believe most even men, let's say men who commit adultery, I don't necessarily think you came into your marriage like, oh, yo, I'm about not. to commit adultery. Yeah, your principles not. and your values might be like, I'm a family man. Mm-hmm. But some kind of way your feelings got you caught up and you acted off a of feeling and not a principle. And like I said, most humans would do that. Most humans, when I wake up in the morning, my principle may say grind, but I feel tired, E. And so how did you, because E is one of probably the most disciplined person I've ever seen in terms of operating in his principles. I, I, I wonder how you got to that place and how you continue to stay in that space. Cause I think that's hard for the majority of us to do stay in that principles over. Well, I got tired of losing, you know what I'm saying? I really did. I got tired of losing academically. I got tired of losing, you know, when I come home, like for real, I'm that dude that when I get home, if I can help it, you know, I want, if marriage can be on a 10, I want a 10. Like, I, I want to control it to the point where, you know, whatever the, the wattage is, is 80 watts, I want to turn it up to 80, you know? And I got tired of losing financially. I got tired of living from check to check. And when I started thinking it through, I realized, yo, E, the reason why you're not succeeding is because you're not following the plan. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I was telling the uh, Michigan State basketball team when I met with those guys, I said, guys, let me be real with you guys. Nobody in here has won a championship yet, but coaches. None of you guys have won it. Coaches have won it. I said, do you know what it takes to win a championship? They named all kinds of stuff, you know, teamwork, you know, you gotta have a leadership, you gotta have. Mm -hmm. I said, no, that's all that is baloney. I said, the the number one thing it takes to win a championship is when a team and the coach are on one accord. The team that wins is the team that's executing coaches Plan. That's the team that win. Mm-hmm. So coach puts some X's and O's together, strategy together. The team that does the most of what coach says do is the team that win. Now we're not talking about one rank 85th. When you start talking about Kentucky versus Wisconsin or Duke versus, you know what I'm saying, uh, Kansas, it, it has a lot to do with both of the teams are talented, but who executes the game plan at the highest level is the team that's probably going to win. Who doesn't have the turnovers? You know, who slows the tempo down? Who gets the rebounds? Who boxes out? Who hits the free? Like, whoever does what coach tell them to do, that's who's going to win. And I start looking at my life and start saying, like, yo, E, when you get in your feelings, you coming out of the playbook. You coming out of the plan. You coming out of execute. That's why you keep losing. So you're not studying. You're not meeting with the, uh, the, the professor. You're not with a peer group. You're not getting to class early. You're not taking notes. Why? Because you don't feel like it. And you keep failing classes, and you got to take them over again. So you in the summertime taking classes when other people sacrifice, and now they having fun. And I was like, yo, I'm tired. 
coming home, wife don't want to talk to me. You know, she got an attitude. Why? Because I was supposed to pay the bills, forgot to pay the bills. Instead, I went and bought some baseball caps. You know what I'm saying? We're talking about 1920. <laughs> I'm buying baseball caps in the mall for getting to go pay the bills. Or I didn't clean up like I said I was. Or I cleaned up, but I forgot to plug the stove back, or, you know, cut the stove off and end up burning stuff. Like, for real, man, I'm just like, yo, E, how, what, why are you losing? And I was losing because I know what the game plan was, excited about the game plan. But like you said, woke up that day and did something dumb because I either wasn't feeling like um, studying that day and felt like playing video games. I didn't feel like cleaning up. I didn't feel like contributing to the house. You know what I'm saying? Just stuff I didn't feel like doing. And because I didn't do what I was supposed to do, I came up short. And I'm going to tell you now, I hate school. But I got the PhD because I went to class because I did what they told me to to, did what they asked me to do. I I, I, I ain't going to lie. I don't like cleaning up. I'm not like the dude that wake up in the morning like, yo, let's clean. But I know if I clean the house and clean it like my wife wants me to clean it, she's going to come home and be geeked up, happy, and we're going to have a great night. So, yeah, see, I just got tired of losing, man. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And I was even thinking, you know, of the step up in the pocket. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that, that's the same, you know, concept, yeah. you know, from the Dr. Thomas album. We talked about step up in the pocket when, you're, you know, your protection is in the playbook. Your protection is running the play the way it was supposed to be ran. Yeah. And when you think about it, if you're a quarterback, you know, the whole team, the way that the blocking pattern is set up for that play. Absolutely. It's for you to be in a certain spot at a certain time. And when you get outside of that, that's when you can get ran over. And so, no, man, I, I appreciate you going over that because I think that's a, the reason a lot of people end up struggling and end up not being able to go to that next level is because we do operate off feelings. Somebody make you mad, boom, yeah. you, you punch them in the face. You know what I mean? And I was actually, I can't remember where I was, but somebody was talking, breaking down the difference between reacting and responding. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, wow. And he yeah. was saying, in this context, he was saying, boys react, yeah. men respond. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's deep. You know, and I thought about it and I was like, in order to respond, you got to be in your principle. Absolutely. Because your feelings is the reaction. Yeah. Somebody say something crazy to you, reaction yeah. says, I'm going to say something crazy back yeah. or I'm going to slap you. Right. But respond is to say, okay, let me process this real quick. You know, here's what happens if I make this particular decision. Yeah. And that's what I want to say. Like, for real, this is how you stop losing. And we always talk about it. And again, I, 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 this is a shameless plug, but Average Skill, Phenomenal Will, Chapter 1, The Inability to Self-Assess. The first chapter is a call awareness. And I'm telling you, see, I just think so many people would do so much better in their life if they could come out of their body for a minute, like an out of, have an out-of-body experience and see yourself when you react. Like, really look at yourself when you react and not get so caught up on my wife said this or this person, my boss said this or this. Like, you step out of you and see how you acting when you reacting. And you'll see how dumb you are. Like, for real, you'll look at it and be like, now, why am I, why am I making excuses? Like, for real, I remember seeing my life, somebody would be like, E.T., why didn't you? Man, well, this didn't and that didn't and this couldn't and that wouldn't. And I looked at my money and was like, my money didn't change when I was making excuses. My money never changed when I put it on Carl. The reason why the, and, and, and Carl didn't hit the button and it didn't record, Carl didn't, and if Carl could have, would have, I would have. I'm like, E.T., you the one speaking. You the one just spend an hour speaking, not Carl. So you should value your hour speech enough to be able to hit that doggone button. Don't make that Carl responsibility. Now, Carl might have taken the responsibility, but you not 
dumb. You could say, Carl, I don't need you. I know how to push the button. But when I used to be like, Carl, or the weather didn't, it rained. And because it didn't, or when I didn't, whenever I made excuses, my bank account stayed the same. But when I stopped reacting, but started responding, and started saying, you know what, Carl? Man, that's my bad, bro. I knew you, you know, was busy just like I was busy. I should have said something to you. Maybe I should have sent you a text or just before Carl should have, you know what? Next time we go on the road, hey, let's put a system together where we, where we remind each other. You, you feel what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But when you're making excuses, I'm looking at myself, make, like, for real, I'm being real with y'all. The next time you make an excuse for something, don't just do it. Like, come out of your body and listen to you talk and you're going to see, like, Man, did, you just say that? did I just say that? Did I just say that? That's something an eight-year-old would say. Like, not to be disrespectful, Carl, yeah. but that's something Jordan. Jordan yeah. three. He about to be three. Jordan would give me an excuse for why he didn't do what he was supposed to do. Here I am, 45. Dog gave my homework. Talking like a, a, a three-year-old. So, so for real, man, I, I just realized that you will continue. My wife pissed me off. That's why I went off on her. She cussed me out. That's why I cussed her out. She ain't speak to me. That's why I ain't speaking to her. If you came out your body and really heard you say that foolishness, you'd be like, that's like somebody saying, well, uh, he, uh, he sacked me. He, like, he sacked me, so I just stood there. I saw my man blitzing, right. so I just stood there and let my man sack me because I saw it looked like I wasn't going to be here to get away anyway. So why should I even try to run? So I just let my man sack. No, you don't just take the sack. Even though you see three of them coming at you at one time, you still respond and not react. And why do you respond and not react? Because in practice, they had the scenario where they was blitzing you and you was practicing coming up out of that. So second thing I just want to say, yo, for real, you know certain things are going to happen in your life. You know stuff is going to happen on the road. You know your wife or your husband, you know your kids are going, you know, you know. So why don't you act like, I think life is more important than sports. You know, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to sports. But since they practice all the time, since they are constantly setting up scenarios so they can prepare for those scenarios, why can't we do it in life? Why can't yeah. we pretend our wife got up and had a bad day? And what's our response yeah, to that? Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's fall time, and I live in the south, and fall, winter time, and, you know, they got the tornadoes going. And what do they do? You live yeah. in Bama. They got the storm. Yeah. They, they set they it up. Practicing. They know when it's coming. Yeah. They setting up. They got drills. They, they, they uh, putting tape over the yeah. windows. Yeah. They barricading. They got sandbags just in case something happens. And so I think you're right. In order to respond versus react, we have to anticipate the foolishness coming sometimes. Yep. And so hey. if we anticipate that. I don't know if y'all remember, we used to make the jump with the two words, but to respond, you stop and ask yourself one question, then what? Yeah, mm. yeah, then, then what? what? Yep. That simple. So, mm -hmm. okay, like for two seconds, like, yo, my man cut me off. I'm about to drive behind him. As soon as he stop, I'm going to get out and... But then, then what? Then what? You then know what? what I'm saying? I get out, we argue with each other. And then, then what? He throw a punch. I throw a punch. <laughs> and then what? Well, then I'm coming to get the hip-hop preacher out the county jail. <laughs> Local pastor and well-respected motivational speaker, Eric Thomas. And then that's on TV and people like, yo, E, you're Got not practicing what you're preaching. out of his Cadillac Escalade. You feel me? Pushed an 18-year-old kid in the mouth. Just think, in of the how, mouth. think of how many people, if had stopped oh, to ask goodness. that question, would have been oh, still where goodness. they are right oh, now. Then what? Yeah. No disrespect, we don't have to say no names, but think how many athletes, athletes yeah. off just the marriages. One thing. So you, so you have a, the adulterous affair. Then what? What? So you, you lose your wife, you lose your kids. 
you lose your husband, you lose your kid, or you and your husband split up and now the kids with you one week, they with her the other week wow. and you don't see your kids on the same day. Over what? Like over what? And, and maybe you can't tell me it was worth it. Maybe some bro can tell me it was worth it to, you know, the one or two nights that he did what he did was worth it. I don't know. But for me to lose my wife and my kids over a night or two nights, I can't imagine how good those nights have to be to lose my family for the rest of my life or my career. I look at these guys who are, you know, substance abusers in sports or making crazy decisions off another DUI. And now you're off the team for the year. Your income has been affected. Maybe maybe the, the, the drink was that good. But me losing my entire career for a drink or two, maybe I just don't know how good drinking is. But I, I just can't imagine that it would be it would be that um, it would be that worth losing my career over yeah, something no, like it's that. It's not. But but again, react versus respond. You know what I mean? And so no, I think um, I, I think that's critical. And you know maybe we'll go into that. I think that's such a deep topic. Like you really gonna have to even go off on it further for Absolutely. just in terms of principles versus feelings. But we'll move along um, to Ask ET. This segment is brought to you by ETA Grind Gear, redefining the grind one day at a time. Listeners to this podcast can use the promo code Secret to Success and get an extra twenty percent off at checkout. Available exclusively at etinspires.com backslash shop. E, I think I want you think they're picking up that we sponsor on our own our own podcast. Well, if, we, if you don't sponsor your dreams, you know what I'm saying. I'm sitting here reading it like it's Coca-Cola. I'm saying we sponsoring it ourselves, y'all, and, and you guys know how we do. We 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 get it out out the mud on the grind. So uh, every conference uh, yeah. last year was sponsored by us. Sponsored by we ETA. didn't have anybody else. So sponsored. I don't have nobody with a commercial who want to run a spot. So we got to run our own commercial. Okay. So y'all show us some love and go to etinspires.com backslash shop. Again, we got the book Average Skill Phenomenal Will on shelves right now on our shelves only. So support us, man. Support the team and go check out Average Skill Phenomenal Will and all the other great products we have at etinspires.com. Hey, with, with the Average Skill Phenomenal Will, they get a, a 10 video module for free on Breathe University. So I just want to put that in there. Too. See, there it is. Breathe University, 10 uh, videos free just for buying uh, the Average Skill Phenomenal Will. So let's jump right into the, to the Ask ET segment. Uh, one of the most popular segments here on the show. And Rick from Maine wants to know, E.T., love the videos, love the new album. Quick question, is there any beef with Tony Robbins? Man, let me tell you something, man. Beef, man. Let me tell you something. If you know anything about the game, the fact that I mentioned Tony Robbins shows you the respect level that I have for him. I keep telling y'all he's number one in the game. So because he's number one, he is the model. You know, for me anyway, you got Les Brown, who I feel is like, you know, is up top. Les is, you know, I mean, any day you can call any of them one, two, three, however you want to do it. Bob Proctor, you know, it, all those guys are people that I look up to, I admire. You know, and the reason why I mention them, is, mention them is because of the admiration that I have for them, you know, and what they've meant in this game. And Tony Robbins, Les Brown, these guys have been around, Bob Proctor, these guys have been around 30, 40 plus, you know, 20, 30, 40 plus years, man, you know, and so no beef, just a lot of respect, you know, but at the same time, uh, just like young people who look to me are saying, E.T., you know, I'm coming for that spot, you know, that we all want to be the best at what we do, and so I, I'm, I'll never say that I can be Tony Robbins or be Les Brown, but they do drive me to be the best that I could be, you know, so there's no competition in a way, you know, novice here competition, um, but they just inspire me and push me, you know, to want to get to that next level. Yeah, and for those of you who don't know where that question came from, he talked about on the new album, 
um, you know, coming for Tony Robbins, right? And and I think that's what he's talking about is a healthy, you know, a healthy admiration and just wanting to go to that next level. I mean, it's no different than Carl Kobe chasing down Jordan's six rings. Like, you want to be the best. You want to get to that level. And we consider him to be the best. Great relationship Absolutely. with his son, Jarek, who is a good friend of oh, ours. He comes friend. out to the conference. So nothing but love for, for Tony Robbins, Jarek, the family. Those guys are awesome. They do great work. Um, and, and, yeah, we, uh, we got mad love for them. So no beef, Rick, no beef. Uh, Muhammad from NYC wants to know, what was the hardest part about finishing your Ph.D.? I think the hardest part about finishing my PhD um, was getting over the fear. You know, for real, getting over the fear. Let's stop there. For me, it could be getting over the fear of writing on that level, but because everybody's not going after their PhD, let's just keep it real. The fear of, you know, the unknown. And so for me, it was the fear of, am I going to put in all of this work and still come up short? You know, so all my coursework was done, but really it was, I'll say two things, let me be honest. The fear of, am I going to put in all this work and it not get done, or the fear of, is it worth it? You know, I'll be honest, I had to ask myself, like, you got to do a lot to get a, uh, 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 get a dissertation done, you know, and I think it has a lot to do with the strength of your writing. I'm sure there are people who are uh, maybe English majors or, or great writers, it might take them three to four months or whatever. But when you're, when you're not as strong as maybe an English writer, whatever, a creative writer, it, it takes time because you're dealing with life too. You could get sick in the process, babies, somebody else gets sick. I mean, just life happens while you're working on this massive, you know, document, you know? So for me, it was like, yo, is it even worth it to do this, to put my family through this, the company through this, the world through this? I'm not going to be as be able to do as many speaking engagements. And of course the schools called me ET big time. He don't speak as much as he used to. It had nothing to do with that. I was trying to finish a, a, a monumental goal. So I think those were the two biggest things, man. Is it worth it? I put in all this work to get a piece of paper. Is it really going to take my game to another level? And am I going to be able to put all this work in and really finish? So a couple fears um, and, and some anxiety to go along with that, see. And I know that may sound funny for people to hear me say that, but there, there, it was some fear for me. There was some anxiety, you know, there for me as well. Absolutely. It's finished now, bro. Whew, yep, the anxiety. And I'm going to tell you something. If it ended as soon as the anxiety ended. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, Rochelle from Dallas wants to know, how were you able to heal from the hurt of not having your father? Also, I know you ended up forgiving him, but how do you forget? Um... I think you forget by replacing those negative thoughts um, with positive thoughts. You know, uh, I think if, you know, I always saw my father as, you know, somebody that wasn't in my life, somebody that abandoned me, somebody that, you know, didn't invest in me in the way I thought they should. Like, if I keep thinking about that, then I'm not going to ever forget. But if I replace those negative thoughts with positive thoughts, if I start thinking about what we can have, who he is now, you know, and, and replace that with the, the stuff I used to think 15, 20 years ago, I think while you're never going to forget that he wasn't there, you know, that's not realistic, but the sting, the hurt, the pain is not going to be there 
when you're not constantly thinking about the negative. Gotcha. That makes sense? Yeah, no, no. I know exactly what you're saying. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, for real, I always ask you, you know, you have so many people who have that, you know, uh, disgruntled relationship Absolutely. with their father. And they're never really able to ever truly get over it, you know? And I don't, I don't, you know, know how you were able to do it so seamlessly compared to most people, but I think you just spoke to that. I'm so. saying, again, we go back to I hate losing. You lose when you hold on to that animosity. You lose when you hate that person because that person don't even know you hate them when you're hating them. Like, they're not there. But you lose because you can't blow up and be successful when you've got this huge weight that's on you. You know what I'm saying? That huge weight. Yeah, no, absolutely. So that's it, man, for Ask ET. We appreciate you uh, sending in your questions. Go ahead and go to infoetinspires.com and submit those questions or uh, hit us up on Twitter using the hashtag AskET, and we will um, try to get your questions answered on the podcast. That'll do it for this podcast. Real quick, Carl, you want to drop them a quick line about BU and kind of some of the things we're doing? I know we've dropped the price down quite a bit for our listeners. Big time. Yeah, $20, man. You can get in. We got some exclusive heat. As a matter of fact, tonight we have a special guest uh, in the building who I'm not going to reveal it yet, but you've seen him do his thing quite a few times. But he's going to come by and drop some nuggets on the BU call. Again, all our BU call, uh, uh, subscribers are getting access to this information. We're putting up videos in full. If you guys saw the UOU video and said, man, I want to hear that whole thing. Got Carl it. is posting the whole yeah, thing for it. our BU people exclusively. So listen, as low as $20 a month, man, and you can you know join us in the inner circle and really start working on some of this stuff. Carl, anything else you have to add about BU? Just the one thing. Hey, y'all get a weekly call, a weekly call with your boy ET. Get on the line every Sunday, 8 o'clock in the morning. You are part of the family now if you get in here. And as, low, as CJ said it, as low as $20, you get a weekly call, get in there. Uh, you get the opportunity to just listen in on some of the conversations we have in. Um, man, just a lot of information going out. You do not want to miss that. So I'm and, telling y'all, I don't in. know if it'll help, Carl, but I do do a Tuesday call, 7 p.m. Tuesday, an entrepreneurship call. I know that ain't quite as valuable as <laughs> a call with the hip-hop preacher. Yeah, but you're but, trying um, to build that brand. Yeah, of course, yeah. man, but we helping you build your brand. We helping you, you know, take that entrepreneurship piece to the next level. So listen, guys, man, invest in yourself. You know, 20 bucks a month. I mean, you, you spend more than that for a haircut. You know, you spend more than that for a lot of things and 20 bucks a month and uh, to join this this great community we have, I think is well worth it. Again, thank you for listening to the Secret to Success podcast. We out of here, man. Enjoy your new year. Happy new year. Um, make sure you get the, what is it? Eat a black eyed peas. And oh, the greens. Greens and black eyed peas for good luck. Um, and yeah, just enjoy your new year. Hey, Go. check this out though, y'all. Before y'all get out of here, Hey, 2016, the motto, unless it's mad, passionate, or extraordinary love, man, it's a waste of your time and mine. So don't be ordinary. Don't be average. Love what you do and do what you love. 2015, we out of here. Tuesday, I grind. Wednesday, I grind. Thursday, I grind. Friday, I grind. Saturday.